0: Street.
1: The block. The block is where it all goes down. You grow up on the block. You learn lessons on the block. And sometimes you even go through it on the block. But no matter where you're headed next, you never forget about those times on the block. I am your host, your DJ, my name is Jaden Edison, and I'd like to welcome you to the Block Party. You are officially a member of the block. The, block. the block. What is going on, my great people? Welcome back to the Block Podcast. I am your host, your DJ, your MC for the day, Jaden Edison. Now, this is a very, very, very unique time for us all, man. I mean, we're in all in in, in self social distancing, self isolation, um, whatever you want to call it. And it's been a tough time. Uh, For a lot of people and, uh, you know, for particularly for us at the star, um, it's kind of weird. You know, we had a lot of seniors who will never be able to print again, um, who at least on the collegiate level. And, um, you know, do all these other sorts of uh, different things that we do um, on a routine basis. So it's been kind of weird. But, you know, I was going through um, content I had and um, I, you know, I came across, you know, I've been holding on to this beautiful, beautiful conversation um, that I had with Dr. Ronald Johnson. Um so I figured that this is the perfect time for us to go ahead and just drop it out there. Um just th- this conversation is full of gems. Um very raw. Um didn't edit too much out of it. Um, I wanted the, the nucleus of it to still be there. Um and, and it's authentic. So I'm not going to bore you down with all this conversation of all this stuff. I don't you know I don't like to do that. So we're going to get right into it. Um We're going to introduce you to Dr. Johnson, and that's how we're going to start you off. So I appreciate you all. All of you all, stay safe. Make sure you're washing your hands, practicing good hygiene. Um, Keep social distancing, doing all the things you need to do um, for the people going through struggle, trial and tribulation right now. Um, We're with you, um, and uh, we appreciate you. Uh, We support you, and uh, let's get through this together and do what we need to do in order to to defeat this thing. So I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Let's get tuned into the block. We got Dr.
0: Johnson. Let's go. I am an associate professor of history, uh, which means I write about early American history, and particularly I write about the place and locations of black people within uh, early American history. Uh, There's a great deal, the reason I chose early American history because there's a great deal of interest in the 20th century, the Civil Rights Movement, Malcolm X, and there's these larger figures. But during the 18th and 19th century, I get to acquaint people with uh, people of color who they may not have heard about or they heard about at a black history event years ago, but I get to really bring those people out in in a historical way in ways that others don't. Also, presently, I'm the presidential fellow for 2019-2020, which means President Trout selected me from among the faculty to serve on the cabinet. And the cabinet, the university cabinet, is the body that makes most of the larger decisions about the way Texas State is going to be run. And I'm very honored and I feel very privileged to be a part of that process. And I think it's really important to have a faculty voice, but also a faculty of color voice on that body to give it a viewpoint that others may not pick up. And I will say, I think from the president, the provost and other cabinet members, I've been welcomed into that group. My views have been solicited and respected uh, throughout the year.
1: That's very interesting, and I, you talked about uh, sort of the uh, the history of uh, people of color. So, just curious because we uh, we had a, a columnist a few weeks ago. He wrote about um, essentially how when you think of philosophy, right? You think of people like Plato and Socrates, but. It's like history forgets to mention people like W.E.B. Du Bois and people even like Malcolm X and all those things. Is that a trend that you see that is there a disregard, so to speak, for
0: so um, I don't know, I don't know if it's a disregard as so much an unconscious bias that when people think about certain professions or certain fields, there's an image that I think is conjured in one's mind. And oftentimes Um, That image, particularly in certain fields like philosophy and others, physics, mathematics, and things of that nature, that image is often of a white American or a white person or European. I think one of the major assets of having me as a man of color in my position is to bring to the minds of people about early American history – the image of African-Americans. And what I mean is, when people think of early America, the revolution, uh, they think of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and later on, Andrew Jackson. When we talk about people of color, it is is it generally around slavery or abolition. And we think about, you know, uh, Harriet Tubman, we think about Frederick Douglass, as if black people can only do things that relate to black people. My um field and my study is dedicated to placing black people within the narratives of American politics, the American economy, in areas where we don't generally think about people of color in that. And I, and I think it's simply important to change the minds, to change the way we view things. And I think that's why it's important to have people of color doing that kind of work. That's,
1: that's phenomenal because we just uh, just talked about it before, but just like a woman like Katherine Johnson at NASA, yes. uh, historically white. You think about space, you don't really think about people of color in those rooms, especially doing math. Yes. So this is so powerful and everything. It just proves that what you're saying is is true, right?
0: Yeah, no, and, and I think I think that, you know the, the book and then the movie Hidden figures is such a great job because I think when we when we think about the launching of a rocket the vast majority of us are going to see an image of white American men in white shirts and ties sitting in the Johnson Space Center and not a African-American woman doing complex mathematics without which a a, a, a space flight could not be successful. And I think that's why those moments and people like Katherine Johnson and telling her story and telling it in a way that is convincing is so important to shaping not just the minds of young African-American women who could do that job, but people across the United States reshaping our understanding of who makes a contribution to American history and society. Most definitely, Um, so, so
1: building on that, um, this is more so on the on the student side of it now. So I'd imagine that in order to be a great professor, I wrote up a couple of bullet points. So one, I, there has to be uh, a genuine love for, one, what you're teaching. And, and the second part of is the, the genuine love for the people you're teaching. And I think uh, word of mouth and your track record um, kind of prove that you've checked off those two categories just from here and around campus. So what exactly uh, what impact do
0: students have on you as a person? First of all, thank you so much for that question because when I walk into any classroom at Texas State University, I'm not walking into a classroom. I'm about to create and establish a community. My teaching is based on building relationships with my students because in building relationships, we together, not just a professor, but we as student, as Professor as uh, TA as SI, we are building a community that is dead, is committed to each other's success. I cannot be successful without the students. They can't be successful without me, and I don't think students can be successful without each other. And so I try to bring that into the classroom. And I what my students give me, what they teach me, is that Texas State students deserve our trust. They are here to learn. They work really hard to be here. Many of them come from first generation. Many of them are working jobs. They want to be in that classroom, which for me says, if they're doing all that to be in the classroom, I need to bring my A game every single time I'm in the class. And my students have taught me that if I do my job right, they will do theirs. It is a give and take. The success is shared, but also any failures we have. It's not just the student's fault. And I realize it's, it's very easy sometimes for instructors to say, well, the students aren't doing this and the students aren't doing that. But my students teach me that when, when they don't succeed at something, it is very likely that I didn't do a good enough job of giving them the information and the tools to succeed in the first place.
1: That accountability. And that's, that's, I think that's coming from a student perspective. That's, that's great to just know that you have uh, professors that have the students in mind. I mean, that, that. It's not that's, I mean, it sounds like it's supposed to be like a, I guess just a norm, but it's not it doesn't always feel that way across the board and to be it goes a long way in students' education as well as something as simple as students like wanting to raise their hand in class and ask a question like just feeling that comfort that that professor like has the
0: student interest in mind. it goes a long way and and, and, I, and I appreciate you saying that because I do find it necessary in my class I refuse to lecture for 80 minutes straight. I mean, I could do it. As you know, you and I are talking, I could talk forever, right? But I find it much more interesting. And I learn so much when I open up the discussion to the students, when I ask a larger question for which I don't already have a preconceived answer, and I allow the students to respond. And then when one respects that response, other students Get in on the conversation, and after and before I know it, fifteen or twenty minutes have passed, and they have been teaching each other and teaching me and so now the teaching right. in the classroom is a shared responsibility by all of us right
1: um, and so Texas State is promoted as a sort of like a melting pot for all students to come and learn in a diverse environment. you know the big uh pool is the majority minority institution mm-hmm. um but it, it it's gotten to a point to where black students um, being taught by black professors is rare on this campus, mm-hmm. um, and not every student is fortunate enough to have a Ronald Johnson or a Lori Fluker. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is, I could probably count um, on one hand like the the professors that I know that that are black essentially. Mm-hmm. So, in your opinion, um, is enough being done to sort of recruit and bring in more black faculty?
0: So, so I. And one again, I have to applaud the students because the students continue to remind the faculty and the administration about the need for more African American faculty. And I the the university and the community as a whole can do more. And I believe we are putting in place, the administration is putting in place measures and training to help our search committees and our faculty be intentional about going out and doing more than what we've done in the past to recruit and to retain. African-American faculty, and that is important for the very reason that you just mentioned. For so many students, I am the first African-American teacher many have ever had in their entire lives going all the way back to kindergarten. It is important for African-Americans to see African-Americans with PhDs in front of the classroom and doing the work that we're doing because that inspires the next generations, not just the next generation, but generations of African-American scholars in this country. But it's also just as important for white American, Latinx Americans to see African-Americans there because the, the stereotypes and the tropes that we have about different racial groups in this country, they cross all kinds of lines. Just by my presence at the front of the class, says to many of the students in that classroom, African-Americans can do a lot more than what we had conceived of them doing before.
1: And, and there are also, there are black students on campus who, who we all know, you know, maybe feel isolated mm-hmm. or marginalized even. And, and sort of knowing all the stuff that has occurred over the last, yeah. uh, um, that happened over the last several years, such as the white supremacist banners and you got mm-hmm. sit-ins, you name it. What's it been like for you as a professor to sort of watch these things unfold?
0: Yeah. So, you know, earlier in our discussion, you talked about the growing diversity, the, the the minority majority population, and I think that is a beautiful, positive thing. But I think we have to kind of come to terms with when you have a change in demographics, there are going to be frustrations. There are going to be con- there are going to be conflicts that you don't have when you're at a when you a, a when you're at a PWI. And we are we're going through that right now. Texas State is going through that period of different understandings of what it means to be a part of the Texas State community, and that is playing it that has played itself out in white supremacist flyers, the frustrations we've had in the quad, the frustrations we've had between um, you know police and African American students. And as a faculty member, I will say, I it I it it, it pains me to see that right. It pains me to see the struggles that students of color are going through and the isolation that they feel but also I feel I am at the right place at the right time for students to be able to come to me and to talk to me about those and share that frustration and talk to them about how to best address it how to best talk to the administration, talk to other faculty, talk to their fellow students about making change. We have, as faculty of color, as students of color writ large, we have a phenomenal opportunity right now to help this university move forward through the conflicts that we've had. And the students are having a phenomenal impact. We now have an African-American studies minor in large part because of the students took a problem that occurred on campus and they talked about it and negotiated it in a positive way to get change out of it. Yes, I am incredibly um, uh, disappointed that the frustration had to happen, but what I'm so proud of is the way the students of color responded to that and got something positive out of it. And I think that's the way to move forward. I, like, I, I wish I could say we're not gonna have any more instances uh, like that, but that's probably not. It's probably that's probably not true. And so, how do we move through these problems to resolutions?
1: And that's that's interesting because uh, that was my segue to the next question: is that um, there are so many talented, creative, and amazing Black students on yes. campus. And how you think about a group like the Pan African Action Committee, <laughs> who did so much legwork for that Black Studies minor? Um, they got it done essentially. So, does it mean a little more to you when you're able to have a helping hand in Black students' education?
0: So when I When there are groups, and we have so many really wonderful uh, African-American-led groups on this campus, and when I watch African-American students step up and just show out, not just show up and and make noise, but step up to the plate, put, put real concrete ideas on the table, and then defend those ideas rhetorically, in writing, and with reason, I could not be more proud. And to know in some small part because this, this is a stu- these are the students doing this, but I think I can speak for fellow black faculty. When we know, when we see that we had some influence on that. Just we were able to say maybe shift it this way, or maybe move in that direction. But when we watch the black Ameri- the black american students do their part to change this, it can, we could not be more proud and it I what I hope from it is that we encourage more African-American students to choose Texas Texas State because this is a place where not only can you be black, but you can also make change for black people coming behind you.
1: So as a professor, that's interesting. So as a professor, Mm -hmm. um, when things like that happen, as far as the banners and all those things, does it become a thing of, is it a battle between maybe us as professors should speak out or should we let the students handle this? Is there
0: a, uh, a balance between that? that? That's a really good question. And often faculty want to step out front because we're, we're, we're used to being out front because we're in front in the classroom. We're in front on our scholarship and out talking. But I think one of the things that the faculty here has done really well It's to create a space. And and at some level, I have to give the the administration some credit for creating spaces and listening to uh, students of color. And so I I feel it is my role not to talk for African-American students, but to help African students shape the arguments that they're gonna make themselves. You all are adults. You all are already leaders. Forget this this junk about being the leaders of tomorrow. Our African-American students at Texas State are already leading. My role is not to go and grab their hand and lead them, but to be behind them, pushing them to be the leaders that they already are and encourage them to know that you have somebody supporting you. You have a network here that you can lean on. My door is always open. One of the most wonderful things about this university is I talk and advise African-American students who I've never had in a class. I am their advisor and mentor simply because we share a common heritage and background and we get each other. And that is, that is why it is so important that we hire and retain more African-American faculty so that our students have a larger community where they feel like they are being heard, they are being encouraged, and that they are being inspired to be the best person that they can possibly be. It's, it's it's no secret that there is more trial and tribulation
1: involved with being a person of color navigating through dominant white spaces. Yeah. Um, and I you know I looked at your uh, your resume so to speak, right? And you know you've been in the Navy Reserve, mm-hmm. right? Um, you teach. Um, you've authored a book. You're authoring one right now mm-hmm. that you're working on. So what are some things that you've done throughout your life to place yourself in positions to overcome the obstacles and be yeah. successful?
0: That I that navigating success or negotiating success in the American society it takes leadership, it takes decision-making, and it takes a sense of responsibility. And I had really good mentors growing up. In my hometown, it wasn't just my parents that watched out for me, but every African-American parent Advised me and looked out for me, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I am not I'm not trying to say, oh, back in the good old days and like that, because that is happening all over this country. African American parents and older generations continue to advise younger African Americans, whether it's in school, whether it's in church, whether it's in their sororities or fraternities. That is happening all over. It's it's our, It's part of our community. And one of the things that that taught me was how to maneuver and how to be as bright and as smart as I possibly could at all times. There was an adage when I was growing up that you didn't have to just do as good as everybody else. At some level, you had to do better than everybody else. And I think at some level that that, that remains a, a true axiom. And I think it is, it is important for African-American students and, and future leaders to understand that how to navigate the terrain. And I think that is where people who have succeeded have a responsibility to those behind us. And when I'm talking to students, I'm not doing anything noble. I'm simply doing my duty as an African-American citizen because that's what African-Americans did for me. I would not be sitting in this office at this university had an older generation of African-Americans inspired me and pushed me along. And so when when African-American students say, well, how do we maneuver this or how do we write this? And, and I'm doing that, I'm simply giving back to my community. And it is not enough for African-Americans to succeed by ourselves. And I'll give you an adage that uh, a, a mentor of mine, her name was uh, Mrs. Levain, Ms. Louise Levain, said to me, she said, if you're uh, succeeding and when you turn around and you're the only African-American in the room or you're the only African-American in your field, that means you are not succeeding as good as helping others along the way. And that, that's something I try to, I really do try to share with, with young African-American students who are doing well. It's not enough for you to do well by yourself, but what are we doing to help each other achieve that same level of success?
1: That's, that's great. Because I was having a conversation with a, a student um by the name of Richmond Kingsford. He owns a clothing line called Vague. And uh, we were talking about how uh, African Americans can sustain sustain generational wealth and success. Yes. And uh, what I proposed was that one, it's all, uh, it's all within that teaching aspect yes. too. And our generation has to be willing to listen, but it's also a dynamic of where the people who've raised us yes. and people even above them who are still alive, yes. they have to be willing to, to pass down that knowledge and, and, and share the gems that got them to where they are.
0: And if I could wax historical for just a second, that is a part of the African American story in the United States it was not enough so my family and i just saw the movie harriet which is a really phenomenal movie if anybody gets a chance go watch it but in that movie and in the life of harriet tubman it wasn't enough that she got her freedom she risked her freedom to go back and bring other people of color out of slavery into freedom malcolm x when he when he when he got when he converted to the nation of islam it was not enough for him to have converted his life he spent his life in the urban communities helping other african americans uh, gain, gain, you know, gain success in the African American communities. The same way Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King went north, got a great education up north, but then came back south to help the areas that he had grown up in and had seen. It is simply part of the American story, the African American story, that those of us who are fortunate enough, who are skillful enough to succeed, at some level feel a responsibility to turn around and help those who can also succeed. And one of the issues, and one why again, why it is so important that we have more African-American faculty at this university is that many of the African-American faculty here feel that same compulsion for our African-American students, which means we spend a lot of time with our students in ways that some of our other colleagues do not. And so that, get, that can sometimes get taxing when you have such a small population of African-American scholars here. The larger pool of scholars we have of African-American descent, that means the more equitable the time we spend with students is in comparison to our colleagues. What advice do you have for black students trying to find their path to success at Texas, at Texas State? It can be finding one's path can be a daunting journey. Because there is a, there's a there's, there's a there's pressure to quote unquote fit in, there's pressure to be oneself, there's a pressure by you know from family to make money. I mean, all, there's a lot of pressure that our students have, and so I when I when I when I when I say this, I don't have advice of what somebody should do or shouldn't do, but my counsel to every student that I ever encounter is find that thing that makes you most happy and that makes you most feel like the person you are and want to become and do that. Not everyone is going to agree with it. Not everyone is going to like it. And particularly as a person of color, do it with the dignity of being a person of color. And it is there are times when being who we are in the world Will be looked upon negatively. But if you get in the habit of if we get in the habit of selling our soul and selling our self-identity to others, it is hard to break that habit. And we could end up going through life, achieving a lot, making a lot of money, making a name for ourselves, but looking in the mirror and not knowing who the person is looking out on us. Wise words from from Dr. Johnson. That's beautiful. Is there anything else you want to add or
1: just for people to know? or
0: I am, I am really excited about where we are as a university community right now. We are on the threshold of, we are now a diverse community. We are on the threshold of becoming a community that is more equitable and more inclusive. But that will only be achieved if people continue to push for it. And do not accept anything less than full inclusion of every member of our of our society. I love the diversity we have. I want to see us make everyone feel like this is their place. This is their home. And that Texas State is a place where you can be you. And that's something that we
1: all can take as us. Uh, you know, me working at the Star in Journalism, mm-hmm. that avenue. Talk history. Something like McCoy. Uh, although we can apply it everywhere. And... Um, I think um, it, it it and it'll get to and it's gotten better. Like I, you know, I hate to. Uh, there's a space where you know sometimes um, you know we take so many steps forward, and that one things happened that that set us back. But well, we can't forget about the journey that got us to to where we are now. It's, it's still long trodden. Uh, we got a long way to go, but um, I think we're definitely taking steps in the right direction to to help us get to where we ultimately want to be um, for us all. So. I appreciate uh no any uh any that's it you good yes. <laughs> I appreciate everything and then um yeah that's all I have for you question wise so
0: thank you very much it. and I appreciate the conversation I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and um you know I I I think we are these kind of dialogues from one African American male to another that's how we continue the conversations around here at Texas State most definitely thank you Doctor thank John. you I appreciate it.